0: Welcome to Dial It In, a podcast where we talk with interesting people about the process improvements and tricks they use to grow their businesses. I'm Dave Meyer, president of BusyWeb, and every week Trig V. Olson and I are bringing you interviews on how the best in their fields are dialing it in for their organizations.
1: I think uh, one of the things that we see all the time at BusyWeb, Dave, when people are trying to find new revenue isn't that they're failing in new logo acquisition. It's leveraging the relationships they already have in order to grow their business. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring in an expert for today's episode to talk about that. So the guy we have on board has been a a seller and he's well famous in the Minneapolis-St. Paul community, but he's really reached his stride in really the last five or six years where he's selling a product that everybody has and it's advertised ad nauseum. About how you can get a better deal somewhere else, but for some reason, why everybody else is going low, he's going high, uh, and he's he's uh, he's my cell phone guy. So this is KZ Anubazor from AT.
2: How you doing, bud? Nice to meet you, KZ. Thank you oh, for joining well. us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having so, me. I appreciate. It.
1: Yeah, I think uh, what a, and that's really your brand, right? That you're known for as your cell phone guy.
2: Yeah, something I played around with in the pandemic, you know. We stopped uh, being able to see each other face-to-face, so I thought I would go digital with it, build a brand around it, uh, and taste uh, what it would be like to uh, have a digital presence and market myself from that standpoint.
1: Yeah. So I'll give an example, Dave, of what it's like to work with KZ, because KZ has been my cell phone guy for a long time. As <laughs> my mother-in-law wanted to get rid of her plan and go on somebody else's plan, and it took her months, and she couldn't deal with it. She couldn't figure out to go to the store, and she couldn't figure out what store to go to. And I kept saying to my wife, "If she tells me what phone she wants, I will make one phone call, and the entire thing is solved." And KZ is the guy that I'd be
2: calling. Excellent, one hundred percent. Not only uh, that, but I'm pretty sure we started the conversation on Facebook. You know, um, and that's a uh, that's a huge. Uh, policy of mine, right? Reduction in friction. How can we make this as easy as possible for the end user? I mean, we saw a lot of that in the p- pandemic too, that actually uh, became standard business. Uh, for example, he, my wife doesn't shop at Target anymore. She shops on an app and I go and pick up the groceries. That just makes things so much easier for that end user to get back to their life and uh, for Trigvy not to have to wait on hold for 30 minutes or even drive to a store and wait online and simply just text me. Uh, it's that convenience factor. And that's why uh, I'm a cell phone guy.
1: <laughs> so, and you're a lot of people's cell phone guys. So I, that's really <laughs> what we want to spend some time talking about. But let's let's unpack it just a, a little bit first is how long you been with AT&T?
2: I've been with AT&T for four years now, but I've been selling b2b for 16 years now which is crazy to say what other things have you sold in in
1: the b2b world
2: well let's go all the way back let's let's uh go through uh down memory lane if you will i started door-to-door with a company called verizon fios out in long island new york so you can only imagine the type of personalities that i had to deal with out on the coast uh going door to door, got dogs chasing me. Um, I had uh you know clients or potential customers slamming the door in my face as I'm knocking on door. but uh the really incredible part is that it was hundred percent commission, so um, wow yeah, I ate what i I ate what I got, you know, and you know essentially it, it was a great experience. I cut my teeth on it. If you got a thousand dollar check in that week you you got you were part of the comma club. So I was a proud member of the comma club. I did really well, you know, but I, I quickly realized that, uh, college education does allow you to climb the corporate ladder a little bit faster. I was talking to my manager as I saw him with his feet up and I had walked for at least 10 hours <laughs> in these streets getting getting yelled at by these, uh, people trying to just enjoy dinner. right? And uh, I'm like, you know, how do I get your position? You know, you just rah, 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 you know, do the rah, rah sessions in the morning. And then in the afternoon you count our our numbers and you get paid, you're driving a Mercedes Benz out there. He was like, you know, the difference between me and you, cause you're talented is, uh, I got this paperwork. So I went back to school, went back to UND, University of North Dakota, go su And, um, you know, a lot of people go to college, a lot of people graduate college and, you know, now they just have a bill and no career in front of them. But I, I made sure to use my collegiate experience wisely, uh, did a, a plethora of internships, uh, one with, the probably the best sales internship anybody could do. So at that time, it was called University Directories. They hustled us down to North Carolina, then brought us back to Grand Forks where we had to fill up the yellow pages for the university, the university directory uh, with advertisers. So that was tough, but that was B2B, right? So now I'm cutting my teeth on B2B, seeing what that experience is like. And I love it because these people are actually here to do business versus me disturbing somebody while they're trying to relax. So I was like, okay, B two B is a good fit for me. If, um, you're li-
1: if you're listening and you're under the age of of, of 35, he, he, keep, <laughs> he keeps referring to the yellow pages, and so I just want to oh, let's yeah. unpack it a little. So every every year, there was a company that that you worked for that would print the internet and then give it to
2: people, basically. P- pretty much, right? So. It was just a book. And at the back of the book, there was ads, you know, the things that pop up on your browser now, the thing that's uh, on your timeline when you're scrolling through Facebook and Instagram. That was on a, a big book. I'm not that old, though. So uh, just this technology evolves fairly quickly. That's but, true. Um,
0: advertising stuff is when where we got the AAA auto cleaning yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? for everybody that
2: doesn't know. Yeah, that's yeah. why... They want to be at the top of the book. So they, uh, ABC, yeah. plumbing, A, A, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I uh, did really well there. You know, I was actually the lead sales manager at that uh, at university directories for my year that I was there. I killed it as a, just a leader and a sales executive. Um, but, you know, to, to sum it up, you know, I really just cut my teeth on a lot of opportunities. also worked at career services. I, I really used the opportunity of college uh, to not only learn, but to experience. And I think that's a huge difference for the people that make it utilizing their degree and the ones that don't, you know, they're passionate about what they're doing and they practice it. So when it comes time to really sit in front of a, an employer, you have stories to tell that get them excited about you and, you know, ultimately get you that job. So after those internships, I got my first job in retail, see the evolution. So door to door, uh, B2B retail, uh, selling Verizon (laughs) You haven't gotten to the easy part yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is all the hard stuff, guys. You'll, yeah. you'll 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 soon find out it gets super easy at the top, but you really got to know your stuff, right? Because knowledge is king. As uh, Trigby, uh has been mentioning, my product is a commodity. You can get it anywhere. You get it at Walmart. You get it at Walgreens. You know, so why work with me? And I'll and I'll address that here as the story goes on. But you know, uh, now I'm in retail, right? And um you know, retail is amazing. And I had a, a fantastic boss. His, his name uh, eludes me at this time. I'm getting old. But what he would express is love, love and compassion to his, his workers. You know, like in every other position I had before it was like, you know, from a sales perspective it was cracking the whip, get the numbers up, get the numbers up. This gentleman said, I love you. I appreciate you. What do you need to win? And, um, that perspective just made me really fall in love with that style of sales, a supportive style of sales versus a turn and burn, which was what I was really taught up until that moment. So Pat Arneson, which was a peer of mine at the store also got the same lessons. Right. And I think that's why Pat does so well in his market. That's why I do so well in my market because of that empathy that we are able to bestow on our clients and our constituents and our peers. So, uh, my wife, just a quick anecdote to why, got barred in the state of Minnesota. She's a she's a, an attorney. So I started looking for positions down in Minnesota, the first one being Comcast Business. Comcast hired me on the spot after kind of hearing my story, and I did phenomenal work for those guys. So that's more in the SMB world, small to medium-sized business world. I really discovered through a relationship, his name is Pat Keen, uh, Referral Partners, right? Carving out Opportunities through relationships from peers in the within exterior industries that are going after the same target market. Phenomenal play, right? Uh, I'm selling internet to businesses. Typically, you get internet once you're moving in. So I started developing relationships with business sellers, business buyers. I started developing relationships with insurance agents, which like they love the same thing. Just. Organizations and sales executives that had the same type of cadence that I had, right? Like I was high volume, the same ethics that I had. I liked them, like Trig. I love Trig. And at the end of the day, we're going at the same uh client base. So those business owners, those CIOs, CTOs, or somebody of influence within the organization. And we would meet, and you know, you have your B and I's of the world, you have your uh, Chamber of Commerces, but I had my crew. I'd meet with these three individuals every month and say, what deals did you close last month? Who can you introduce me to? And it really allowed my funnel to be at a place where I didn't have to struggle or feel that anxiety at the beginning of the month. Like, how am I going to make it? I already started the month out with five to six appointments from people that I trusted for two people that they trusted. So it worked out really well. Um, I think that's
1: so fascinating because one of the things that we see all the time is people come to us with this idea that we can suddenly develop new leads, new everything. And we can, but there's no substitute for hustle.
2: There is no substitute for hustle, but you know there is that old idiom, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And a lot of people will uh, deflect and say, no, nah, you got to work harder always. I say do both. You got to work extremely hard, and you got to work extremely smart. You also have to diversify. So, if you guys are still listening, if you're if you don't have a diversified marketing plan, you're going to lose because something is going to change in your market, and you're going to have zero to fall back on. You'd be starting from scratch again. So, after I graduated from the SMB world, I started deploying fiber optic for Charter Communications, now uh, Spectrum, and it introduced me to enterprise level and government sales which is so easy, guys. So easy compared, especially when you know what you're doing and exactly what you're offering. The reason why is because the individuals that you're talking to, they're literally in charge of one thing versus everything. Remember in the SMB world, you're talking to an owner that's really has his hat on and it literally has like 12 different titles. So, you know, his attention span is minimal when it comes to IT versus actually driving revenue into the business or, you know, marketing or, you know, whatever have you, it's just divided. But when you go upstream and from your perspective, guys, right, for for BusyWeb, you get to yeah. talk to a CMO, right? Not the owner, the CMO. And all he's thinking about is my budget for marketing. So the same thing happens in the world of IT or telecommunications or communications, just to simplify it. Now that I'm talking to executives that simply need to make sure that their connection is high value and they're getting as much bang for their buck as possible. These conversations really became easy. The amount of volume in regards to units that I was selling was a lot higher. So the dollar amounts was a lot higher, which allowed me to attack my quota a lot more efficiently, which impacted my bottom line from a personal perspective. So, you know, as time goes on, and you find a career something that you love because i really do love what i do you know keeping folks connected with their employees their vendors and their customers you know that's important to them and it's important to me that they lean on me for that so just understanding that really allows me to embody this gratitude attitude right where i'm answering the phone 24/7 365 for these clients because they allow me to pay my bills take care of my family, give them a lifestyle that I've only dreamed of, but at the exact same time, I'm able to help them. It sounds like a win-win-win situation. And uh, that's why I continue to do what I do and how I do it.
0: That's fantastic, KZ. The biggest part of B2B sales, I think, is forging those relationships. And it's clear that you're not afraid of the hustle and you're working smarter. I'm curious about one thing. We had a little bit of a blip in our sales cycles over the past couple of years, right? So, you know, we're, we're all talking from our, from our individual locations over an electronic device. I'm assuming most of your in- interactions were either in person or driving around networking before COVID. How did you change things up to keep producing results after, you know, we all had to wear masks and maybe couldn't even meet in person
2: anymore? Oh, man. Great question. As I mentioned, I created that digital presence for myself. You're a cell phone guy. That's really where that was birthed. But that was experimental. You know, to be candid with you, I mentioned that I had a a few plays at, at my disposal, right? So I had the old school cold call play. I was religious with that. I know my numbers. And and I'll go through that really quickly for the people that are listening. You got to know your numbers. You got to know your take rates. I know if I'm cold calling and I'm asking somebody to have a meeting with me, right? That's what I'm selling, by the way, a meeting to discuss their telecommunications options from a wireless perspective. I can call a hundred people. I'm going to lock down about two. So I have a 2% take rate when it comes to just cold calling leads, then uh, out of the two, I have a 33% chance of actually closing them down, right? There's going to be a reason why they can't move today. And I have to realize that. Now, what I've now said is that the likelihood of a no is way higher than a yes. And I've just set my expectations there. So when I'm making these calls, when I'm establishing these meetings, when I'm still getting a no, because that client made an educated decision that this wasn't the right move for their organization, cool. You know, I'm not broken hearted about it. I know what work has to go in. So those numbers drastically shifted during the pandemic, right? People were being more conservative. People were definitely uh, just being careful with their positions, and that's where I leaned on the other two pillars. So let me introduce them to you: referral partners, right? If I'm working off of the clout mm-hmm. that you already developed with that client, even though they might be mitigating these type of conversations. Well, man, if Trickv said to talk to him, it must be good, you know, because Trickv's always taking care of me. So, utilizing those relationships to get into those meetings was a huge plus for me. And then my last play is something that I think you guys will all appreciate because Trickv actually teed it up at the beginning of this uh, this podcast here, and it's really about talking to your core clients. A lot of folks don't understand that <laughs> that I work with that are hunters that there is a core group of AT&T diehards right here your neighbors you know mm-hmm. and if i reach out to them and provide them with ancillary service so so uh, I'll, I'll dress that up this is exactly what trigby was talking about he all he has to do is pick up his phone send a text message on facebook and i'm servicing him well a lot of AT&T customers that don't know me don't get that type of customer service they they call the 800 number they uh, they call the 800 number they um Uh, go to the retail stores. And those are all great assets, but not as great as I am. If I reach out to these core clients, let them know that I appreciate their business. Let them know that I'm their new dedicated account executive. And if you guys need anything, I'm here for you. I'm waiting for the problem. What is the problem? Well, you know what? My bill went up a little bit. Can you do a review? Not a problem. Save them $20 a month. Hey, you know what? My phone is getting kind of old. Can you hook me up with an upgrade? Not a problem. I even had a customer, and I'll tell you this. This is a deal that I just won. The name of the account, uh, I'll I'll, I'll leave to the imagination, but it's fairly large, and they do drywall. He needed help, I think, simply applying his screen protector onto the phone, and he was in Duluth. (laughs) Uh I drove the three hours to Duluth from the cities to help him with his screen protector. We got some, um, some lunch as well. And a year and a half later, because of course I did my homework, the same drywall company that had two locations, one in Duluth, one in Minneapolis, the one in Minneapolis was very large. They wasn't mm-hmm. on at I called my buddy, my friend now that I helped him out with his screen protector. We talk about fishing from time to time. will link me up with the CIO down there. He did, the first time, the neighbor was uh, his Verizon guy, right? So a year goes by, we do the credit audit. He, uh, I, you know, I just tee it up again. Hey, man, well, I, I really want to earn that Minneapolis account. I think I can do a really good job. He tees it up again. The guy's for it. You know, the, the CFO is the gentleman that's in charge of this. And he says, all right, just bring your numbers, but I probably not. I brought the numbers. I brought the team. The VP joined the call. We showed him that we cared about their account and that will go the extra mile. When he's heard the story about me driving up three hours just to replace the screen protector, he knew it was true, you know, because the relationship was already there. And we ended up earning a 120 line account off of just servicing a four line account. Okay. So a lot of times, and especially if you have ancillary products, right. Uh, I'll tell another quick story. Um, I've been working with a client of mine, always responsive, always care. And that's a huge problem. And I'll address that here in a second. You know, a lot of these businesses have like support departments. So what ends up happening is you sell it and then you say, call the 800 number. They'll, they'll, they'll treat you great. And you're going to lose out on deals in the future. I'll tell you that right now. This is a big secret. Now, this one client uh, loves me. Anything that they need, they come for, I take a good, uh, good care of them. They hit me up about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Hey, Kay's, I know during our initial conversation, you told me that you guys did fleet tracking with your GPS units, right? Do you guys still do that? Of course. Turn into a 40-line opportunity, right? So I never lose grasp uh, of my clients. I always service them. I always treat them with respect. And, you know, at a minimum, you're going to point them into the right direction, right? You know, maybe it's a better time to call the 800-like bright and early in the morning. If you call between 8 and 10, you're going to get somebody. If you call anytime after that, lunch period, after hours, it's going to be an hour hold. Just that simple direction, guys, will allow you to be the quarterback of any situation that they uh, are, are dealing with in this realm. So when we're talking about a, a commodity like what I sell, AT&T, you literally- could go to another representative like me, you can go to a retail store, you can go to the internet. There's so many, or you can go to the competitor uh, completely, right? There's so many other options that I have to make myself the only option by, again, leaning on my thesis statement of reducing friction for the customer and not complaining about it, but being appreciative of it because it's the opportunity to take care of your family. You like These guys are invested in you just as much as you're invested in them, so th- that—that's my thoughts on that.
1: I love
0: it.
2: So,
1: wow! So, so much. So, you got that giant, big, giant opportunity just because you drove three hours, six hours round trip to help a guy with the screen, uh, screen protector.
2: Smarter, harder, right? So, of yeah. course, I did the research, right? It has to make mm-hmm. sense. I mean, that's a that's a huge investment of time, and yeah, it's hard work. I got to drive three hours and kind of deleting six hours of a day right? To go up and have a lunch with somebody it has to be valuable. And I didn't even see the payoff for a year and a half. And, you know, sometimes you won't see the payoff in those type of situations, right? So, you know, that's the reality of the game, right? You're, you're yeah. putting yourself out there as much as you can to then get some type of result. But I already know because I did the math, Trick. I did the math. My likelihood of success is extremely low every time I pick up the phone to dial, Mm -hmm. but that's okay Mm -hmm. because I'm playing the volume game. And not only am I playing the volume game, I'm also strategically, because the pandemic might hit, preparing myself with, at at a minimum, three different avenues to garnish, uh, to get my sales in, right, to get my opportunities in.
1: And once you once you sort of transitioned from being the everyday AT&T rep to being your cell phone guy, how did that change your
2: business? So I, to be candid with you, Trig, this is something that I've always believed in, right? Since the first time we mm-hmm. met, when we were in that meeting together, you could kind of tell like that was my acumen. You know, I just, yeah. I love people. I want to respect people. I want to do the best for people. Uh, I'm a really, very ethical person at the end of the day. so. This this just kind of coincides with that, right? The your cell phone guy program that I put together was really just based on me wanting to taste. I went to school for uh, business administration with a focus in marketing, so I've always had a marketing degree. I've always loved it. I always appreciated it, and um, I got trapped into the sales uh, position. Right, you, you fall in love with it, you become great at it, and now it's the thing you do right? And you know all the tricks and it's innate. You're like, oh, how did you do yeah. that? You're so smooth. I'm like, what? I just said uh, words. I,
1: I might know a little bit about what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> so, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like what it did for me was allowed me to affirm exactly what it is I do. So if anybody wants to check out my LinkedIn, you'll see a lot of the commercials, the mini commercials that I did as I was promoting the Your Cell Phone Guy brand, and they were 22 to 35 seconds long and it would go like, you know, Casey with AT&T, you cell phone guy. I got the best deals with the best phones on the best service, AT&T. You know, it was really fun, but it allowed me to articulate myself in, in really short form exactly what it is I'm offering here, you know? And I think that's something that anybody should be doing. I- I'd say join a B&I group. Go to a chamber of commerce because they will challenge you to do a 30 second elevator pitch of what, what it is you do, what it is you offer. And through that experience, actually with BNI, because I was part of a, a large BNI group for some time, I found out that I wasn't selling wireless services, phone, internet TV, but actually I was simplifying people's experience with wireless. That's what I do. what do you do case? I simplify your experience with wireless. Uh, have you had any issues? Because you find the pain point as a sales executive and then you, you lean on it. But that's what I do. I s- guys, so once you realize and can condense down exactly what it is, not even for everybody else, but for yourself, it allows you to identify what you have to do next. Now, I know exactly how I can market this. I know exactly how I could play on this. And, you know, you'll get challenged. Like, Kaze, why should we work with you? And once you have that answer ready to go, locked and loaded, it makes a different experience in those discovery calls, those sales calls, et cetera. Yeah. And
1: what, and, and, and just, just for giggles, let's, let's blow that out. Why should people work with you?
2: Guys, I mean, look, (laughs) the simplicity factor, of course, right. The ethical factor, of course, you know, I do got the best deals on the best devices, on the best network, ATT. and that's true. I'm at a point in my life where I choose where I want to work. I remember scrambling for a job, like, because I have four mm-hmm. kids, I have a wife. And I remember I remember this vividly, like, oh, my gosh, they're, they're letting people go. I need to go find a new job. Anybody who's going to hire me, I'll take the interview, I'll take the job. You know, it's a high pressure situation, you know, because you got to pay these bills. Yeah. But... Now I got, you know, some money in the bank. I got some runway. So I picked who I want to work with. So I picked AT&T. I could have picked Verizon. Mm-hmm. I had a meeting with Verizon. I had a meeting with T-Mobile. I had a meeting with AT&T. And literally gathered the information. Never did this before, guys. And said, at and and is dope. I want to work with these guys. First time in my career. So they're, they're, they're a great network to work with. I mean, I have a great team that supports me and that ultimately supports my clients. So, I mean, that's definitely the third reason. You know, four, when it comes to cell phones, connectivity, it's the future. You know, I know I'm dating myself here, but, um, you know, as we said, the Yellow Pages existed because landlines existed, right? right? Like landlines, I remember my mom would... Uh, be like peeping in my calls. I'm talking to the ladies. Mom, hey, Ma, what are you doing here? You know, this is a whole thing. And it evolved into, you know, condensing your device, your entire computer into something this big to uh, allowing for technologies that actually fold out. So this is a, a, a Fold Four. And the Fold Four. It's an amazing device because it's literally a computer. You can hook this up to a monitor, a keyboard, mm-hmm. a laptop, a, a, a keyboard, a, a mouse, and it turns into a desktop computer, which is revolutionary. So I'm in this, and I love working with customers to solve problems, right? So again, I, every all the nice stuff that I said in the beginning, easy to work with me, all that stuff, great, because you got to do it anyway. You're going to have a cell phone in your company regardless. But I love it when a customer comes with me like, hey man, we have this problem and we need a solution and it's all about connectivity. I have this one customer, he's in the ag market and they were looking to mitigate costs where they can. And we were able to deploy an IoT solution, connectivity, right? It has to communicate somehow without having a landline uh, strung across their fields to essentially identify moisture inside the soil. So they use my IoT a product it identifies the moisture, and then it, um, it basically manages the irrigation for the fields. So cool. It comes yeah. from a problem, and then I get to solve it, and it's a cool... St- like, I love that, and I'm game for it. Like, a lot of folks are not game. They're like, oh, I don't do that. You know, at a minimum, let's say you call me and you need some help with your website, some SEO. I, you know what? I don't do that, but I got a good guy. His name is Trick, you know? Yeah. So solving problems is probably what really motivates me on a day-to-day basis. And that's what I do the best for my clients.
1: It's more fun. It's what makes the cold calling palatable because eventually somebody's going to listen to you. Eventually somebody's going to hear you. And then all of a sudden you can start, you can start when they present you with the puzzle that what they've got isn't working and how can you make it better? Then, then that's when it really gets fun.
2: A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yeah.
1: So as you're growing, I think I, let's qualify this because I think one of the things that I saw on your LinkedIn page is that because uh, I we want to talk about how really important that this, this is to have the service element. What's a 180 GAs? 100 GAs. You, uh, huh? you, you were a 276 percent increasing increase in attainment. Oh. Like put on your LinkedIn page. So you're putting out my numbers, man. Come on, baby. I am. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not talking about, well, I mean, that's why I had you I'm on, is, is, is because okay. you were not talking about, oh, hey, guess what? I got 30% growth last quarter. <laughs> nope. You're doubling and tripling up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about the anomalies first. Uh, yeah. You know, it takes, you know, not the greatest year to do something like that, right? So the pandemic definitely <laughs> punched me in the face. So it's yeah. easier to have an increase like that when you're coming from, it wasn't a deficit. I had like a 86% attainment. So just so let's be clear. I want to be transparent with my clients. Two things I've been working on that got me that number, being extremely extremely direct, knowing exactly what I want to ask for, and then asking for it. A lot of times, and I, it's not something I hate, but it, like, it gives me like goosebumps. It kind of makes my stomach kind of twist. When I hear other sales executives inside of a call, and I know exactly what they want to ask, but they're dancing. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. If you're in sales, you know what I'm talking about. They're dancing a little bit around. Do you want to sign the contract? Mm -hmm. Are we moving forward? Like, they don't have the words for it exactly. So they're like, you know, what do you think? All right, cool. So just being confident enough in my process. I've given you all the information. You have no more questions. Let's talk about next steps. So that was huge for me uh not to say that i wasn't doing it before but i think it was too much fluff around it um okay. that of just being forward and then um last but not least becoming more efficient so i do well but i when i'm doing very well i find that i'm inundated like yo i got an email here i got to do this i got to go out there da, da. so part of the pandemic was really making people uh okay with or normalizing if you will Zoom, and the rest of these digital meetings, right? So it eliminated all my windshield time and allowed me to have back-to-back meetings and then stay at the computer to do any administrative work. So that was huge for time management. But also I created, I, I never used this tool, but it's called OneNote, Microsoft OneNote. It's always right. there. no one ever mm-hmm. used it right? They're using Word and Excel all the time. But OneNote's phenomenal. If you want to have a Bible, if you will, for all your resources and maybe your templates, I use it religiously. And now that I can copy and paste some of the answers that I get traditionally uh, time and time again, it's made me so efficient. So like increasing your efficiencies so then you can go back to the basics and then increase your volume is how you become extremely successful in sales. Awesome. So
1: I have a couple of cell phone questions that I want to ask because yeah. this is something
2: everybody who deals
1: in, in selling that just it, it drives me drives me baddie. So there's all these interesting tricks. I just learned about voicemail drops. Can you explain what a voicemail drop is? Because sometimes I look at my phone and all of a sudden a voicemail will show up I'm like, well, what is that? How did that get there? My phone didn't, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean that has everything to do with the savvy of these, uh, these marketers, they are marketing. They went from your traditional telemarketing to teletexting to, you know, even the telemarketing world, spoofing phone numbers to look like a local number, which is incredible. You know, they're, they're doing, you know, I, I hate to hate. I can only appreciate, (laughs) I don't like it, we have tools at AT AT&T called active armor to really prevent you from experiencing that. So if you're on any other carrier and you're, and that's knocking you out, taking business away from you, give me a call. Let's talk through it. We do have technology to defend against that. And if you're on AT&T already, give me a call all the same 612-212-1439. And let me take care of you. But you know, ultimately they're doing what I I, I'm doing because I'll leave a voicemail and uh, to a client and not to be tricky or anything like that, but I'm giving tips out here to the fellow salespeople When I leave a voicemail, I try to be as vague as possible to build an air of curiosity. These are all marketing strategies, guys. And, you know, although I don't appreciate a a voicemail that I'm not expecting, I'm going to check that. That's actually kind of genius, you know. And if it wasn't for the fact that it was malicious, (laughs) uh, I would appreciate it. So um, that's my that's my answer there. If you need help with that trick, let me know. I'll I'll send you the app. Okay, (laughs) got it. So second question. Uh sometimes I'll call people and they say
1: this person has a voicemail box that hasn't been set up yet. Oh yeah. Is that true?
2: Yeah. that's ha- phone true. and doesn't set up voicemail. The kids, the kids the don't set up voice. Yeah, text me. Right? What are you doing? Yeah. Voicemailing me. Uh honestly, sometimes I get a little annoyed. If it was, if it wasn't for visual voicemail, I'd be like, why are you leaving me a voicemail, dog? Like you're making cuz I like I like it when I'm on my apps don't have any of the ones and the tens and the, you know, I'm sure you have like a thousand unopened emails, right? Your Gmail looks crazy right now. I don't now. want to talk about it. No, thank <laughs> you. To stay out of it. <laughs> so, you know, these kids, what they do is if they do have a voicemail message, it says, don't even leave a voicemail, text me. So, yeah. uh, you know, just just just, uh, just the times that we live in. But yeah, if you don't set it up initially you will be greeted with that. You know, this user does not have a voicemail box set up. If you do want to set up your voicemail box, super easy. Just hold down that one on your dial pad. If you hold it down long enough, you'll be uh, taken through a, a slew of menus that will allow you to set up your voicemail box.
1: Okay, third question. Sometimes I call people and they'll say, oh, this person's voicemail box is full.
2: Mm. That is that true? Do people, can you fill up a voicemail box? You can. There's a limit to as many... Uh, there's a limit to how many voicemails you can leave in one box. Sign of the times, though. No one's checking them either, right? So you're leaving them, mm-hmm. no one's checking them. Send the guy a text. Sales tip number three, I guess we're on. If you can't get them on the phone, you kind of gave up. You're like, you know what? I emailed this guy five times. He hasn't got back to me. Try a text. It might work. You know, A lot of companies do have landlines still, um, but some companies are small uh, mom and pop shops that are using their, uh, business, uh, their business line is actually a cell phone. So if you send them a text message at a minimum, at least now they're reading it. And if you make it compelling enough, they might even get back to you. Got it.
1: Okay. So last question is you go into 2023 and we're all, we're, we're, at the time of recording this, we're looking at, you know a possible recession god only knows what's going to happen in midterm elections every half the world hates the other half and we're not sure who's who's is who how do you keep getting up in the morning with such a positive attitude to be grateful to other people uh-oh jesus you have four I'm... kids so you're exhausted on top of everything else. <laughs> have, well, the the, the answer is you I have one run run ragged you got four
2: yeah, the and wife is, is a worker. Depending on who's listening, the answer could be controversial, but, you know, I uh, okay. Jesus Jesus, in my, my book, you know, God, having a higher power, you know, living for an audience of one, you know, I do what I do because of God. You know, I don't do it, you know, I, again, like I have carrots, like my kids, giving them a lifestyle, but that doesn't make me do the right thing. Like I would rob a bank to provide for my kids, you know, but what allows me to do the right thing every day, wake up, be a contributor to my community. And that's just... Being a, a you know a good a devout Christian, honestly, and you don't have to be a Christian, right? You could be a Muslim, you could be whatever you want. Just have some type of higher power that really guides your next moves. Uh, I saw this uh, awesome Disney movie, and it just said, you know, do the next best thing, you know. And a lot of people they don't think that way because they never had those impressions. Uh, mine was through religion, but you can get it in so many different ways. Um, so that's definitely how I how I bring what I bring to the table, how I dedicate myself to what I do, you know, uh, also like just realizing what I'm responsible for, right? Like what are you responsible for? What is your why? You know, uh me and my family recently finished and this is my family. This is not like AT&T. Just finished yeah. uh vision boards for the next 5 years. So what do we want out of life, you know? What what what's our mission here as a husband and wife, as a, as a as a unit? and they all want more stuff Trig. they all want more stuff so that means i got yeah, to work harder. a little bit more about that because I, I teach a class where i have
1: people do vision boards too and i think vision boards is one of those things if you're looking at it from the outside it's just really stupid like why would i do that why would i do a collage project oh but man mm-hmm. and i are on the other side of that so it, to say say a little bit more about how that's affected you affected you and what and just for, for those everybody who's listening it, building a vision board is put everything you want in one place. Yeah,
2: and everything, it has everything to place. do with manifestation. So a manifestation is a real thing. You know, again, I don't know how many people I'm losing here because I'm talking about the metaphysical and all that. Extra no, stuff, but, no, it's, it's, it's but, critical. You know, we're all men. And like a car was an idea at a point in time and then they put it down on paper and then they had a model of it and then they started manufacturing it. Then they found processes to make the manufacturing efficient and allow it to be affordable to the common man. Like it's the same exact thing. Like this guy was probably like, you're crazy. Why wouldn't you just ride a horse? You know, <laughs> you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Oh, we can just ride the horse. It's already there, you know? <laughs> so, you know, being challenging yourself to, you know, think, of new things and have new ideas. That's, the, that's step one, right? And if somebody told me that, hey, there's gonna be a vision board session, I want you to think about what, where, who you're going to be, where you're gonna be at, uh, and what are you gonna be doing in the next five years. Now you gotta think about that. You gotta imagine it, right? You know, it's literally your imagination, right? Then you put it down on paper. You can write it out in a list before you go and meet up with Trigvi. So you're ready for him to, you know, start printing out this, 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 these pictures. So now you have the pictures and you're seeing it every day. You're visualizing it every day where you you become like, I need, I I could, I could do this because you're consistently challenging your, your process, your steps with your goals. Does this match up with exactly what I'm looking at right now? You know, just to be candid with you guys, I'm looking to get a a $1.4 million house. Once we put the house on the vision board, it was like, okay, what's the mortgage for that? OK, how much more do we have to make every month to make that happen for us? You know, is that a smart play? Are we thinking about utilities? It it brings the conversation mm-hmm. up before it actually even materializes. So now we're prepared. So um, I did a vision board back when I was in Comcast. I was living in an apartment. I had two kids at the time. And my manager, uh, his name is um, Rick Dana challenged me to put together a vision board and literally every single item I look back on that like maybe you know five years after we put it together the house the kids the car the iPhone I had on there like everything was that I wanted I got and it's also this opportunity of validation which is necessary especially in our age because we have so much more life to live right guys so like it's like man I could do whatever I put my mind to (laughs) Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. What's next? You know, so I really appreciate the vision board. If you guys could do any sessions with Trigby, somebody to guide it, because I think that was the only thing that I didn't have in my family session, somebody to guide it, an expert. Yeah. You know, hit Trigby up. He's going to be able to walk you through that. Oh, thanks.
1: And, you know, for the, anybody who's listening, who's think. thinking, oh, I don't want to, t- I, I was asked to do a vision board. You know what? Uh, you. I'll be the one to take. Uh, KZ is more successful than you are. And he does. So it's 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 worth doing, and it's worth looking at a different way of of going into the world, and a different way of you know achieving that gra- sense of gratitude and leveraging those relationships for bigger, and bigger success. So, KZ, your cell phone guy, uh, when, where can people find you if they want to talk about their cell phone plans, and if they've got a problem?
2: Man, hit me up anywhere. Uh, Facebook, obviously. Put the first and last name in there, Ekezi Anubazor. You'll see it in the description and you'll find yep. me. It might be the only Ekezi Anubazor on the planet. If you want to give me a call, <laughs> literally um, have my phone on me, 24-7-365. The number is 612-212-1439. Again, that's 612-212-1439. KZ with at t your cell phone. <laughs>